Hey there traders, looking to take the guesswork out of trading and only 10 minutes a day? Then you need to head on over to AIStockTradingSystem.com right now, where you can get our five-step system to take the guesswork out of trading in only 10 minutes per day. And the only place to get that is at AIStockTradingSystem.com. That's AIStockTradingSystem.com. Today's episode of the How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast is powered by FinClub and their artificially intelligent stock picks. With nearly 90% accuracy for the first half of the year, you'd be crazy not to try FinClub stock picks while you can. I mean, before they get bought out by one of the big Wall Street banks, because their technology really is that good. So head on over to tryfinclub.com to get nearly $1,500 in bonuses just for starting your free two-week trial. So join the club, the Fin Club, to get nearly $1,500 in bonuses just for starting your free two-week trial at tryfinclub.com. That's tryfinclub.com. Hey there, 10 Minute Traders, and welcome back to the How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast. Today, we have a special guest on the line, Mead Kuzravi. He is a Forex trader from Scotland, and I'm actually really excited to have him on today. We're going to be talking about the progression of a trader and what he has gone through. So, Mead, thank you so much for coming on the line today. This is the How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast brought to you by 10MinuteStockTrader.com, where we give you the tools, tips, and tricks to help you trade faster and trade smarter. And here's your host, voted one of the top 100 people in finance by Redwood Media Group, founder and head trader of 10MinuteStockTrader.com, Christopher Yule. Thank you. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Oh, you know, the, the pleasure is all mine. It's, uh, it, it is such a privilege to be able to reach out and talk to people like you and, and others in the, the FinTwit community and really share some ideas, get some tips and tricks and, and share that with the audience out there because this is a great opportunity to really get to know the personalities a little better, right? Everybody sees your tweets, everybody reads everything, but they don't really know who who the guy is behind the phone, right? Who's pushing all the buttons with his thumbs out there? So I think this is a great chance to, to get to know you a little more. So Mia, if you don't mind, could you uh, you know tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks, thanks for creating this sort of opportunity in that platform. Yeah, you're right. You're on Twitter. We most of the times don't know each other, don't get to talk a little bit what's behind all the trading mindset. So, so I'm glad, glad you brought me along. Um, a little bit about myself, I got into trading. I was, um, the first time I got into trading was actually when I was uh, still a soldier. I was doing my mandatory service. And they do pay you every month when you actually do that. But you don't get a lot of time, free time to spend it. So I could a little bit of money. And the first thing I wanted to do was um, play a little bit on the stock market. So I played a little bit on the stock market. I found a sort of arbitrage where there was one of the companies that was producing steel rods. And their, their company shares would literally move 10 days, latest two weeks up, right after the global steel market would, would, uh, would rotate higher. So you would look at a global steel market and then you just start buying shares because it was almost given that you would make money out of it. Just how I got into it, we got more interested into um, other markets. So I got on top of Forex. Um, but Forex was a little bit different. I felt like it's, it's a massive, massive outreach in terms of data and news. So kind of, I felt like a more welcoming way to approach it was through charts and indicators. So I cracked on with that for for several years actually, and but I did not find success, nothing close to what I found in the stock market. But mm, I kept coming back to it because I felt like the volatility and the leverage you can play there, there must be a way of cracking it. 
Um, so I kept coming back to to the subject of trading through through different dimensions. I rose my awareness psychologically through through meditation and uh, lots of other things that just raises my awareness of what's happening around me, what's happening in the market. I finally came across a mentor who taught me a little bit about more news, how data influences investors' mindset, how the correlations work in the market where bond yields can drive certain currency pairs, the risk-on and risk-off environments, how central banks have such huge, huge influence on massive trends that drive currency pairs for years. So I've started developing a much, much better understanding and what's driving market behind some just what's happening on the charts and got more interest into trading that and that eventually brought me to what I want to do to do in the future and also brought money back home. That's, that's wow. in a nutshell. No, 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 that was good. I was uh, I was just listening to all that thinking, man, you you have you've really come a long way. Like you were talking about um, you know, when we were talking earlier, uh, the the progression of of trader and uh, you know, where where you were, where you started with stocks and then leading up to to now so what to you was the biggest catalyst for the change right why why not just stay where you were um, possibly one of the biggest things i always thought in my head is um justifying why you're taking trades why you're taking losses when i was just technical based i couldn't tell you why that particular trade didn't work out or i had to go home and say honey the trend line didn't hold we lost all our money that sort of thing <laughs> Um, so it's really important to me to be able to justify why you take risk in the market and what's what's driving that particular trade. When do you know when you're wrong? To me, it's it's a bit contrarian when you say it, but to me, price isn't everything. To me, time is a lot of time, a lot of the time the the main driver. If something takes too long to to rotate higher, then there's probably an issue. Sometimes you might be in a long term just consolidation. That time can drag on, and you can lose if that that carries on a lot. So price, while it's important, it's not the necessarily final decision factor for me. So to me, it was always justifying the trades, understand the logic behind driven the market, and then take it from there. That that, that creates a better results for me. Mm, that makes a lot of sense, and especially that that time aspect there. I, I just a couple of days ago was thinking to myself, you know, it, it doesn't matter what price you buy anything at, if it's at the wrong time, then you're going to lose money. But if it's at the right time, then you're going to make money. And it, it's yeah, just, it, it, you know, it's it's not just a uh, a one one item uh, way to trade, right? There's so many different things. You get you get the price right, but the timing wrong, you're losing money. You get the timing wrong and the price right, you're losing money. So yeah, it's it's really interesting, and that's a that's a great way to to think about. It. I'm glad you brought that up there. So Cheers, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about um, forex trading. I, I'll be honest with you. Um, other than trading some of the forex ETFs, uh, like, uh, geez, what are, I can't even think of them at the moment. Like the there's a Japanese yen ETF. There's a uh, euro ETF, and I just they have completely escaped me. I don't know why I can't think of them. But I've traded them in the past. Uh, but I've never actually traded uh, currency pairs like you. What would you describe? Uh, what would you describe the differences for like a layman like myself for the podcast audience out there? Um, what would you describe the differences between stocks and Forex to be? Um, I probably, I like to start from similarities and I probably look at it from a broader perspective. Um, sure. I like to look at it from the way I, I approach Forex market. Always approaches based on a trade idea develops from something breaking, something new happening 
or a new dynamic changing the thought process of investors that might be pulling money out of the country or in the country. The main thing you have to keep in mind on when you do Forex, you're dealing with two economies, two different countries because you're working with the currency pair. And you know, I've mentioned ETFs. Every ETF might be in a different country, but if it's uh, if you're buying in the US, you're basically buying US against again or against the euro, and vice versa. So you're analyzing two countries here. It's not only one country or one sector like it works in the stock market. But in a lot of times, the dynamics are the same. For instance, um, I'm not a big stock player, but um, a company lately went bust. Uh, Thomas Cook, I don't know if you heard about it, in the UK. Oh, yeah, the uh, the travel company, right? Unfortunately, they did. And what does it mean for all the other travel companies? Well, they're, they're the rivals. They're going to they're gonna win big here, isn't it? They're going to get all the customers. They can drive the prices higher. And guess what happened to their shares? They all went up, most of them. Like, I don't know, TUI and a couple of other companies like that, that went up. The same thing happens in the Forex market. So there's all these G10 or G7 currencies that you, you're going to focus on. If one country goes bust, if one goes a bit higher, you can play the lever here. You can buy one country against the other. Essentially, you'll be trading the currency a weakness and a strength and plot them against each other to hopefully exploit the exploit the movement there. That's the that's the general idea. Okay. So whenever you're looking at these, right, now you've got you've got more factors going on, right? You've got two different countries and, and their currencies that you were talking about there. What uh what is it like? Because I know that Forex A has a lot more leverage and B can move a lot faster than uh, traditional stock uh, trading. Uh, is this something where you're just like glued to your screen while the trades are on or, or how do you manage that? Yeah, great question. Usually uh, my probably my biggest edge is to go from week to week. In a Forex market, um, we've got a calendar where we work with our data. Every piece of data means something for us or it's into the run-up of a central bank decision. That's probably, I would say, as close as earnings for stocks. It's really important to us what the central banks are going to say. Some meetings are more important, some probably less, but they're always a driver behind how they're gonna how they're gonna work their yields. Are they gonna um, work on a fiscal stimulus that's very stimulating for the economy? So you definitely want to buy into that, and these kind of stuff. I'm talking a bit more broad perspective. Let me let me get a little bit drilled into a couple of maybe examples of where you say, okay, I can see a trade developing there. Um, for instance, Canada, right? Canada is one of the probably biggest one one of the big exports is is oil. So if um, oil prices are globally rising because of it, maybe turmoil in the in the Middle East, Canada is going to be a big winner. Currently, USA probably at some point as well, but Canada is going to be a big winner. Oil is going to surge, and the Canadian dollar can expect to surge as well. At that point, I'll be looking at another currency which is either stagnant or it's probably on the back foot because um, the economy is not doing so well. Um, at that point, it might be, let's say it's Australian dollar. And I'd be buying the Canadian dollar against the Australian dollar in the Forex market. Now, you've mentioned volatility. Over the past probably five years, volatility hugely died down in the in the Forex market. It's probably a little bit more range-bound, but with the help of a little bit of leverage and understanding uh, the price ranges, um, you, still get to, you still get to leverage on some of those moves. Okay, okay. So to go back to your oil example there, I, I was trying to follow that. And this seems way more complicated than I had anticipated. All right. So if if oil supplies are, uh, let's say, going up and that's decreasing the value of the Canadian dollar, correct? And then you play that off. There's a the, correlation. Yeah. Then you'd play that off the Australian dollar. Um, 
in that example, yeah. Um, so there's a decrease of supply of oil. That's why oil prices go up, why, why demand stays constant. So demand and supply hits the market. Supply is lower because, let's say, there's a war in the Middle East and yeah. uh, Saudi Arabia, one of the biggest exporters, has struggled to export its oil. Now, there's a supply imbalance in the market. The market still needs its oil, but one of the biggest suppliers is down and out. Price is going to reflect that and uh, press higher. Usually, that means for the Canadian dollar, it mimics the price of the uh, oil market to some extent. Okay, wow. Okay, so that that actually is really interesting, just to hear how one thing influences a currency, and then, like you were talking about earlier, maybe looking at a depressed currency and, and using that as, as the, the other end of the of the trade right absolutely wow okay that that i tell you what that was certainly more involved than i had expected (laughs) (laughs) it's a lot more involved than oh hey i think apple's gonna go up i'm gonna buy a couple apple shares real quick huh interesting so how did you come about learning the the skill of of uh trading forex right i assume basically like you were saying there there's a lot more uh, macro factors that are coming on and, and influencing the trades, right? How do you keep abreast of all of that? How do you keep up with, with everything that's going on? Um, I do sort of like a bottom-up analysis of most things. I, I understand what uh, certain things mean for markets. So probably look at two or three basic or um, basic uh, but global things. Uh, look at what's happening to the oil market because it influences a lot of countries higher oil prices, down the line means higher inflation. So central banks that are looking at inflation, I know that the thinking could be changing. That's one thing. I look at oil, I look at yen, and I look at um, bonds and bond yields, because that's usually my risk barometer. If they're moving too much, I know market investors are moving money, so I need to understand why. Is there a risk factor happening in the background I wasn't aware of? That sort of thing. On a, on a daily basis, you find that you don't want to get yourself too involved into small headline-driven things, but more the more the bigger perspective. Money markets or, or forex usually moves the fastest when those people that are holding assets need to get out of those out of those positions. So I'm I'm usually looking for things that something shifted, a dynamic, um, got investors to rethink their portfolio. They need to move money fast. And that's usually where you get nice steady trends. And that's something you can capitalize on very, very quickly, usually as well. So that's, that's sort of things I like to speculate on. Wow. Okay. So now we're bringing even bonds and central banks and Jerome Powell and all, all of his friends into the mix, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, so tell me a, a little bit about, you mentioned mindset to me earlier. Um, based on the fact that Forex can be a complicated game and certainly more complicated than I had anticipated it being uh, with all the external factors going on there. I see a lot of people, and I'm sure you do too, on the internets saying, oh, I made $53,000 in my Forex account today uh, or, or whatever have you. Um, how do you how do you deal with the mindset around it? Because, you know, like we mentioned earlier, there's there's significant leverage that you could put into Forex and uh, that that leverage could definitely turn around and, and bite you if you're not careful. So so let's talk a little bit about the uh, the mindset that you put into this. Um, great you touch on that. Probably one of the worst thing happens in the market. I think that's a bit the collective, not only forex, is that 
you start your day, you think, okay, I'm going to research now. I'm going to put the hours in. I'm going to go through X, Y, and Z. I'm going to look all through these currency pairs, commodities, indices. I'm going to actually look at a couple of shares and sectors. You're going to analyze everything. And at that point, um, I think it's a natural thing. You just, um, in your own head, you think, okay, I need to come to a decision. I need to trade something right now. Because I've read all of this, I've spent eight hours researching. I need to come up with a trade idea, right? Unfortunately, that's not how it works. You end up coming with a trade idea, it might be the wrong time, wrong price. Market is not ready to make a move, already made a move, and you're quite at the end of it. And that doesn't play out like that. And I call, we categorize this as an impulse trade, but there's a bigger story behind it. That's the sort of thing I'm aware of. I put a lot of effort in it, and I really want to make the most out of it. But there's nothing really there. I think I, 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 I pay particular attention that I don't um, treat myself into a position just because I put a lot of hours of research and I really, really want to show the best of myself. That's that's probably one of the biggest things for me in mindset and uh, in, in trading and researching. Yeah, interesting. Okay. You know, being in, in the mood to trade is certainly something that... Uh, I had to get over. <laughs> and I, I know a lot of people out there as well. And like you were describing, they're like, oh, I just did all this research. I have to put on a trade, right? But but uh, that may not always align, right? So Absolutely, yeah. So to you, right, what's, what's most important that you're looking for in a trade? Is it a particular indicator? Is it a confluence of indicators? Is it is it uh, what Jerome Powell had for breakfast today? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, but I know that there's a lot that goes into it. And for me, I have my own set of trading rules. What, what are some of the trading rules that, that you use whenever you're putting something on or taking something off? I look at it as a, I look at it as a, um, as a business. So you understand your business. You understand what drives the market and how fast it can move in any particular given time, if there's news involved or not. So you get sort of like map out the market for yourself. There's like different liquidity events that, that creates bigger volatility. So I already know in my head that when I want to enter, when I don't want to enter, when you want to zone out, because market always makes profits available to you. At some point, you're going to be in a profit. Whether you want to take it at that level, you want to add, that's a bigger factor. What gets me to um, pull the trigger is when, uh, when I see what I needed to see in terms of data coming together to give me the full picture of a, of a puzzle. If I if I were if I were to stop trading today and come back in a month time, I would not be able to take a trade at the first day. It would take me at least a good ten days to track market, track track um, different uh, flows, and just get back into the themes of things to be able to trade again. That's that's sort of the mindset. So I'm tracking a lot of things at the same time, and uh, when the picture comes together, either through data or one of the central bankers said something that were uh, that plays into the hand of that trade then that, that's where I can enter. But it really has to be a complete puzzle, mostly data-driven, to be honest, probably 90%. Mm, that's a really good point. And that's something I do as well, is that when I'm looking at trades, um, I I actually plan them out for two, three, maybe potentially five days before I actually wow. enter the trade. Um, like I, I, I see what I'm looking at. I see what I want to see happen. And if that does happen, then I start like, okay, let's 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 get this moving here, right? I've got a little short list, and um, it sounds like that you do the same, right? On that short list, I'm eyeballing them, making sure that they're acting the way I want them to. And once once I can confirm that it's looking the way I want, then I'm ready to pounce. But I'm certainly not just like you, not somebody who's looking to just jump at every opportunity. And I think that 
the podcast audience out there should really take note of that, right? Uh, Miad and I both, and I know Mark Minervini, uh, he talks about this as well, is that you you find the the shortlist, the 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 currency pairs, the ETFs, the stocks that look like they're setting up for you, and then you just sit back and you watch. You want to make sure that move happens and then jump into the trend or, or whatever's the breakout or whatever's happening. But you don't want to be the person who's uh, jumping in too early, like we said, like we said earlier, uh, getting your timing wrong, but the price right. So yeah, that that's a great point there, Miad. I'm glad you brought that up. Absolutely, yeah. Love, love Mark. I listened to to his, to his podcast earlier with you as well. Brilliant, yeah. So you brought that up again. Um, I think timing is great, greatly important. And what I always like to say is, you want um, you want asymmetric risks. You want to risk very little, and then your upside be potential be much higher from what you need to risk and that sometimes needs to you need to wait for the right moment <laughs> oh yeah the asymmetric risk is so so vitally important in fact uh i don't know if you um have ever traded options or anything like that but when i first started uh i was selling options like a crazy person and uh i thought things were going well but with an options trade, if you're selling it, the asymmetric risk reward is actually not in your favor. You have a small reward for unlimited risk. And that really came back to bite me a lot of times. And, and um, you know, I think a lot of people who are selling options need to just take a step back for a minute and say, hey, you know what? Like me, I was talking about here, you got to look for those asymmetric risk rewards. And if you're not being adequately compensated for the risk you're taking, it doesn't always make financial sense to be putting those trades on. So very good point there. So Mia, what uh, what else? Like if you were to if you were to sit somebody down and say, all right, here's what you need to know to be a, a trader, right? Not not charts, not technicals, not anything in particular, right? If you were to sit down and you had 60 seconds or so uh, with a brand new trader, what would you? What kind of wisdom would you impart on them to really just get them going, get them started? Um, down to 60 seconds would definitely be it doesn't matter what you make this week you want to be able to trade in 20 30 years time as well you want to be able to compound the account get into retirement as early as possible do not put everything onto one trade all the time that's that's probably the first thing i would tell everybody to, to reel back i think like myself everybody comes into the market like a big shot and then you get shot down you have to sit down and really think do a bit critical thinking how far how much you can risk in, in a short time span how much money you can really get out of the market so i'll be i'll be getting probably i'll be cutting expectations just just to learn the basics make sure you can actually work in this business uh, and then take it from there when you see really good opportunities when you when you experience you know how to leverage them but before then really really take it take it really really slow i think mm. that, that would be my advice that those are some great words of wisdom there. And it sounds like you learned those from experience. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Perfect. Well, Mia, where could uh, where could somebody reach out and find you at? If, if it's on social media, if it's on a website, where could people reach out to you at? You can find me on Twitter. Um, my handle is ZFX Trading, or just type in Mia Kasrawi. should usually pop up. Also on the website, speculatorstrading.com through the website, I do teach uh, members who are interested in all the things I talked about in Forex. Like myself, if you came to Forex, just do technicals, but you feel there's a little bit more behind the curtains or you want to hold on to winners for longer or you want to understand the trends or just be a data junkie, you want to understand things better, um, 
give me a shout because I have a program only for three months. I don't think a couple of videos does help anybody. So I have a few videos on there, but it's really a three-month course, experience-driven, where you learn pretty much everything that's needed to learn in the very, very beginning of Forex trading and all the correlated assets I talked about. Oh, great. Yeah, I, I highly suggest anybody who's out there uh, looking to get into the Forex field, check out Mian's website there. Um, he certainly knows what he's talking about here. And and uh, I'm sure he, like myself, have played a lot of trader tuition so that uh, we could find ways to be successful. And we want to make sure that you don't have to pay as much tuition as we did. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Mia, thank you so much for uh, for coming on the podcast today. This was really educational. Uh, I, I have a whole new appreciation for the uh, the world of Forex traders and, and all the, the different factors that, that go into that. So I really appreciate it. Great, great to have me. Thanks to you for the, for the podcast. It was great chatting with you and great, great questions as always. Oh, I, I appreciate that very much. And uh, you know what? We'll look forward to talking to you next time. And thank you guys for tuning in to today's How to Trade Stocks Options podcast. Uh, please make sure you like, subscribe, and enable notifications. That way you never miss any of the tools, tips, and tricks to help you trade faster and trade smarter. And I'll see you on the next episode. Hey, did you realize that you could get the secret weapon that every investor needs right now to start changing your financial future for free? Yeah, that's right. Just head on over to triplestockprofits.com and download your free Triple Stock Profit System ebook today. 10MinuteStockTrader.com content is for information and educational purposes only. It is not, nor is it intended to be, trading or investment advice or recommendation that any security, futures contract, options contract, transaction, or other financial instrument or strategy is suitable for any person. Trading securities can involve high risk and the potential for total loss of any funds invested. 10MinuteStockTrader.com and Christopher Ewell, who is content, financial programming, or otherwise, does not provide investment or financial advice or make investment recommendations. Investment information provided may not be suitable for all investors and is provided without respect to the individual investors and audience's financial sophistication, financial situation, investing time horizon, or risk tolerance. Tim and StockTrader.com and Christopher Ewell are not in the business of trading securities trades, nor does it direct client commodity accounts or give commodity trading advice tailored to any particular client situation or investment objectives. 10MinuteStockTrader.com and Christopher Yule are not licensed financial advisors, registered investment advisors, or registered broker-dealers. Stocks, options, futures, futures options, and other financial instruments not included here involve risk and are not suitable for all investors. You alone are responsible for making your investment and financial trading decisions and for evaluating the merits and risks associated with the use of any financial security and broker platform. For more information, please visit 10MinuteStockTrader.com legal. Thanks for stopping by.